Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor. From there, later in life, he ended up becoming a school teacher. Very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue-collar, white-collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. And he, he dives deep into topics. And so I think he uses proper hermeneutics with this topic where he's comparing scripture with scripture. So I think it'll be a blessing. Now, the one thing listening to his series, if you need deliverance or have intrusive thoughts and you are a Christian, I'm going to put two VCasts that I've done. Uh, one of them are Demons Real and the other one is Can a Christian Have a Demon? You might have some strongholds within you that you need to bind and extract, right? Pray and fast, really dive deep into deliverance. That could be a a situation that you need help with. And there are a lot of ministries that do deliverance um, work and just a great resource. Again, bind those demons, extract them, cut off those doors that you might have opened them up. Again, when I was first a Christian, I wanted to fight people. I had this anger and I couldn't understand why. Then I did my research And I started thinking about all the different doors I've opened with sin and praying and fasting is key to get rid of some of those uh, demonic strongholds. And sure enough, everything was fine after I really did my due diligence. So Pastor Dean O'Dell, Derek Prince, uh, Russ Dizdar is where I actually got some of my information for deliverance um, for this anger, anger management that I had that I never had in my entire life. So again, Pastor Larry, Ephesians 6, he's going to really dive deep into spiritual warfare and pray that he actually can get the message out because he has been under spiritual warfare. And uh, glad to be with you today. Uh, We're going to continue in our studies of um, spiritual warfare. You know, I said before, and I'll quote this passage again, it's found in the main passages of spiritual warfare, which is Ephesians 6, where Paul says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, that's humans, but we wrestle against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So my main emphasis in these messages is the fact that the warfare is spiritual. It is not really a physical war. And a lot of times we think we can change the outcome by doing physical things instead of being connected with our God, who is spirit, spiritually. The evil that we see here in the physical world is really a manifestation of what is being manipulated in the spiritual world. I know that sounds way out there, but it's what the scriptures teach. And as I emphasize in my previous messages, that the scriptures 
are what gives us the authority, not my opinions or your opinions, about the spiritual world. Now, we can get into whole arguments, and I think it'd be good maybe to have a series of broadcasts on why I believe, not just I, but millions and millions and millions and millions of Christians down through the centuries, believe that God gave his word to mankind and he had it recorded and for our benefits. Actually, how would we know about the spiritual world unless God did write it down for us? And he did using the availability and the will of human authors, and that's called inspiration of Scripture. And Jesus came also, as we know, to reveal the Father and that we may know him. And that's one thing we'll talk about in these messages, that God is knowable. And that's very important. He's not an impersonal God that has created the world and left us on our own to deal with human problems. That's called deism. We, I do not, and fundamental Christians who believe in Scripture do not believe that also. So, and you'll find me making these little tangents once in a while because a lot of teaching comes into play here when we're talking about spiritual warfare. So the main emphasis, our main emphasis, is that warfare is spiritual. And I talk about some of the evil that's out there. In fact, I don't even have to tell you about some of the evil. Just watch your news. All the shootings and all the killings. But some people say, yeah, but there's always been shootings and killings. But you know, Jesus taught that Things such as evil will get worse and worse and worse, progressively intensifying in its increase in the end days. And I believe, as millions of Christians do, that we are in those end days. And you're, that's why you're hearing a lot of messages on spiritual warfare, and because I think Satan knows he has but a short time. And he's trying to muster up his forces against what God has done and with, against what God is doing. And that's what we're, what we're wrestling against. And we're not strong enough. We're not possibly, can, can we combat the forces of evil in our own strength? We need the strength of God. But that being said, I don't want to be misunderstood here. So I, I must explain something very clearly at this point, that Satan and his demons do not cause people. Well, there might be a rare instance, such as demon possession, that he causes people to sin or to become disobedient. But that's a rarity. That's uh, unusual circumstances. And I believe in demon possession. And I don't deny that. But that's not the rule. The rule is that he deceives us, and we'll see that as we get into the study of Satan himself. But he has a mighty influence upon creation, like upon mankind and womankind, that the unsaved many times, in fact, they cannot resist because he makes sin attractive. He makes it appealing. He makes it fun. Nobody would sin if it wasn't fun, would they? I don't think so. 
So he makes it attractive. Anything that is against the word and the will of God, Satan is going to deceive him, uh, us as he disguises himself. Satan's a master counterfeiter. He counterfeits. He, the Bible says that he disguises himself as an angel of light. What does that mean? Well, it means that he goes around doing good. An angel of light. He's into religion. He's into mankind doing good, but doing good on their own behalf, on their own good works. And to keep people from the truth of Jesus Christ. If when I was in Vietnam, as I told you before, I spent two and a half years there in combat as a Marine back in the 67, 68, and 69. So we didn't walk around the jungle wearing white t-shirts and uh, gold bracelets and glittering shiny things. What did we wear? You guessed it. We wore camouflage. So that was the best way to be deceptive to the enemy. In fact, the North Vietnamese and Viet Cong were masters at camouflage. And the reason for camouflage is to hide yourself. And that's what Satan does. Satan's most favorite tactic is to have people deny he exists. So that's the master camouflage. But that being said, he has a mighty influence on us and the unsaved, and the unsaved really can't resist. But for those who know Christ, they can resist. What does the scriptures say? Submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. But we sin, not because Satan made us to it. We sin because we're sinners. Simple as that. The scriptures say in the book of Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we sin because we're under Adam. We were born sinners. But we also sin by choice. But we choose to sin. Not that Satan, Satan works with that. To make our choices sin, or not to make us. I'm sorry, that's a bad word. I just said that he doesn't force us to do it. He has a great influence upon us. And because God would not hold mankind responsible or accountable if man could not help himself. He can't. So man's held accountable because he chooses to sin. And the devil will get his due. And so for all the influence and the evil that he's promoted down through the centuries. So I do not see a demon behind every rock. I don't see a demon behind every sickness, every rebellion, every ill of the human race. Certainly there's an influence there. But we live in a fallen world. And Christians get sick. And because we're part of the human race, we live in the same biosphere, we breathe the same air, we eat the same foods, and some of us get sick. And some of us uh, 
that do things we're not supposed to do, even as Christians. And by no means do I call myself perfect. For 50 years now as a Christian, I have learned things the hard way. <laughs> God doesn't want us to learn things the hard way. But sometimes we learn a lot of things by our mistakes. It's no, no excuse to learn things to, by sin, but that's the way it happens to us when we don't stay close to the Savior, Jesus Christ. So, man was made in God's image. We all are, whether we're saved or unsaved. But there was a problem that... Uh, the image of God became marred in the human race, and that image was marred because of man's disobedience. In fact, um, the scriptures say, God told Adam, he says, In the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. And so God said to Adam, and when he did, he died spiritually. And he began to die physically. Why do we get old? Why do we die? Well, basically, it all comes down to one simple word, sin, disobedience. This is why Paul said in uh, the book of Ephesians, the one that we are studying, he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Every one of us, when we were born, we were dead in our sins. Oh, we're alive, physically. But we're like walking zombies spiritually. We could not communicate with God. Enter the Lord Jesus Christ to bring us salvation and the communication with the Father, opening that door for us. We're zombies, dead spiritually. That's why Jesus made the statement in John chapter 3 to the religious man, Nicodemus. He said, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again, Nicodemus. Why born again? Because we're dead spiritually. And no matter what effort man makes to reach to the Father, through his good works, through uh, being good, or even helping other people, we cannot reach the Father through those works. And Paul goes on to say that we followed the ways of the world in the ruler of the spiritual realm. There's, see, there's two different ways. You're sinning because you're choosing to. You're following the rules and the ways of the world and also by the deceptions of the ruler of the spiritual world. The Spirit, it says, it is now at work in those who are disobedient. Uh, we are all disobedient. And we'll be disobedient to God if we disobey what he has communicated to us in his word. And you see, Paul goes on to say that all of us lived among them at one time. That includes me. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And oh boy, do we do that. In following its desires and its thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. See, we don't look on sin and disobedience like God does. It's a violation of who God is. And God will not let sin into his presence. Therefore, by the nature of God, he has to judge sin. And if we're into that sin, we will be judged. But, the scriptures say, here's the good news. 
But God, what's well, a fa that's a favorite phrase of mine. But God, because of his great love for us, his great love, he doesn't want to leave us into that situation. We're drowning in our disobedience. We're not giving the peace from God or peace with God that we need in our life. Remember I said that God made us in his image. He put into every one of us, whether you're listening today, whether you're an unbeliever or a believer, God has put into your heart this spiritual vacuum that only he can fill. And that he wants to come into your life and fill you with his presence. What a tremendous thing. Why, the Bible says, because he loves us so much. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Listen, my friend, you don't have to be drowning in your rebellion and drowning in your sin. But God, Paul says, because of his great love for us, made us alive. I remember the time when I became a Christian. Boy, I just I became alive. I saw things in a different light. And I was like, like I was on cloud nine there for a couple weeks. And... Uh, I still feel like I'm on cloud nine. It's a great experience. But because of his great love for us, he made us alive even when we were dead. Remember he told Adam, the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. We were dead in our transgressions, our disobedience. So it is by grace, Paul says to the Ephesians, it is by grace you have been saved. Why am I a Christian? Not because of I was a good person, because I was not. Because it was by that God loves us and he is gracious towards us. Now, but you have to come. <laughs> if you're an unbeliever, you have to come. Ask God to reveal himself to you. If you truly do it with your heart, with your whole heart, God will show himself to you. And I... Pray that God will have you listen to these messages and don't turn me off because these are this is a soul saving messages. You hear of nothing more important in your life than what I'm speaking of right now. So the point here is that man in his fallen state is alienated from God and the life he has intended for us. And so we basically live to um, gratify our selfish desires and to please ourselves. All man's goodness is really, if you get down to the bottom line, it's the reason he does good, basically, is it makes him feel good. Well, it's okay to feel good, but that, that gives itself to a selfish desire. God's not in the picture. And it seems like God becomes in the picture when we come to a crisis in our life. And we want him to bail us out, don't we? Which, to me, proves the point of selfishness. We are not desiring what God wants, which is for our best. But how can I get out of this mess? It's an I-I situation. So, see, here's Satan's motivation. 
in the spiritual warfare is to keep you in this bondage, the gratification of the flesh. Now, of course, God wants us to enjoy our life, and he offers that to us, but it's done in a holiness, and I'm going to explain later what that means. Holiness does not mean I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do this, I don't do that. It's not how holiness is. Now, the scriptures say that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So that holiness must be in our life. So Satan uh, keeps you in the bondage of gratification of the flesh to influence you like he did to Eve when he says, Yea, has God said, ye shall not surely die. So he put doubt into God's word that he that then he outright denied it. And that's his process today. He has not changed this tactic. He has used since the beginning of mankind. So here's what he's doing today. Doubt Pastor Larry as he comes on here. Doubt what he says from the word of God. Yea, has God said, go to your colleges. Sit in your religion classes. And I'm sure some of you have done that, where you've had a religion professor. You believe that from the scriptures? Yeah, that's kind of a say, tactic Satan's using. Which are our answers to all of those arguments, by the way? So, don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let him... Put doubt into your mind. Ask God for help. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Christians, I'm talking to you now. We were talking earlier in the other podcast that how the Word of God, and we're going to get back to that, how the Word of God is the apex of our walk with Christ. Without the Word of God, you would not know how to be a Christian. You would not know how to live the Christian life. You would not know who God is and how He works and what, what He desires for you and for, even for your future. So, my friends, keep looking up. And we'll see you next week.